0: Let me me just be honest with you. This this is a a series that I have so enjoyed. And I knew that this, this week was going to come, that I was going to be sharing with the moms in here what your kids need from a mom. And all week long, I have been in this deep dread of this day of coming in here and telling you what I think that kids need from their mom. See, I have, a, I have an elementary education degree, I have a psychology degree, which really means that it just gives me enough danger and enough education to mess with your head concerning what your kids need, right? Or you could take it the other way, it could be that I could mess with your kids concerning you. It could go the other way around. Um, You know, the reality is that this week I I laid across the bed and I told Mike, I said, you know, after 21 years of being a mom and after three kids, you would think that I know what kids need, but I've come to pretty much one conclusion. I have no clue what kids need. And so I'm up here really just being very honest with you because I think the struggle is this, is that I know the frustration as a mom. And yet I want moms to walk out of here not frustrated. I know the deep discouragement that you can find as a mom. And yet I want you to walk out of here encouraged and not discouraged. I know the temptation that that we feel to look at ourselves and say, I'm not doing this. I'm not not getting this right. And yet I want you to walk out of here and say, okay, I'm finding freedom. I can so get this right. You know, I told a 55-year-old friend of mine this week, I told her kind of my, my uh, nervousness about sharing this, this message. And I said, look, I, I don't have it figured out. And she said, you know what, as you get older, Lori, it gets worse. So my advice to you is just lie. <laughs> you see, if you look around this room... Okay, and all the people that are sitting in here, I mean, here's, here's the scenario. There's married moms, step moms, single moms, homeschool moms, soccer moms, taxi moms, working moms, stay-at-home moms, overbearing moms, overwhelmed moms, nursing moms. And we're raising problem children, prodigy children, newborn children, preschool children, stepchildren, adopted children foster children, creative children, learning disabled children, strong, children, know-it-all children, preschool children, right? And we desire to feed everyone, clothe everyone, diaper everyone, wipe everyone, cook for everyone, feed everyone, be there for everyone, hug everyone, love everyone, have fun with everyone, forgive everyone, help everyone, raise everyone, play with everyone, and we try to meet everyone's demands and wash everyone's hands and teach them to follow all the commands and we make time to go out and play in the sand and be patient in the unplanned and we try to buy all the best brands and We try to listen when there's misunderstanding and we try to make our daily plans and I'm exhausted. And you wonder, men, why your wife comes to bed at night and rolls over? It's not personal. She's just pooped. And the thing is, is we go through all of that and we realize all of that and at the end of the day, this is what mothers do. At some point in their life, as a mom, you boil it all down and you think this, I don't measure up. And the question is, measure up to what? Or measure up to who? I said that to a mom this week. She said, it's not one mom I don't measure up. There's 400 moms I don't measure up to. It's the the neighborhood mom down the street Who invites all 52 kids into her house to play All at one time while feeding them Homemade chocolate chip cookies and hot chocolate I don't measure up to that mom It's it's Carol the cook mom Who's figured out a substitute How she can take cauliflower and make cookies out of it And all of the stuff And her children's lunchbox is organic And they like it It's, it's, It's the holy mom Who, you know, gets up before the sun comes up and then when her five preschoolers all under the age of four get up simultaneously at the same time, they go and they grab their Jesus coloring book and sit quietly while she reads the scriptures and then together they memorize the books of the Bible backwards. don't measure up to. It's the mom who seems like she does everything and she keeps it all balanced and she's got this clean house at the end of the day. We don't measure up to the academic mom. And so we're looking at all these moms and we're thinking, I don't measure up to that. The stay-at-home moms look at the working moms and think, you're doing so something something so significant and value my brain's jello and I feel insignificant. And the working moms are looking at the stay-at-home moms going, man, I feel guilty because I'm not spending time at home with my kid. And so we walk away, and we live in this motherhood realm. I wish that today, actually, that we had, like, set it up like The View or, or some talk show or something, you know, and have, like, four or five moms up here. Because what you would have is you'd have a conversation of moms exchanging stories, and none of them would be the same, but they would all say this, Oh, I so get that. Even though every story would be completely different. My goal for you And my goal for this message is this, that in some way, that God would speak into your heart today. And that when you walk out of here, maybe there's some weight that has been lifted off of your shoulders. Some self-imposed expectations that you have put on yourself. Some freedom that you find. In Christ, as he's walking you through this process, as mom, you see, when I see a group of moms talking, what I see is I don't see moms. I see women who are becoming moms. I mean, I'm in a stage right now, I've never parented a 21-year-old. I've never parented a child who's engaged. I've never parented a son who is, you know, going through this. And so every stage and every child is different. And so in this process of being a mom, we are also becoming a mom. Does that make sense? Do you guys get that? All the moms are going, yeah, I so get that. And the husbands are going, is she talking to you or is she talking to me? Right? I want you to say this with me right now. While I'm raising children, say it. God is raising me. While I'm raising children, God is raising me. You see, when I look at the scriptures, there, there are a handful of scriptures that speak to moms. That speak to this realm of parenting. And yet there's thousands of books that tell us how to get this job done right. Compared to the amount of verses. So when I look at the Bible and I see what God is trying to instruct us and what he's trying to to teach us. What I see more is this is my life is on this journey. And as Lori McDaniel, as a follower of Jesus Christ, I am to be becoming more complete and more like Jesus Christ. Well, when I was handed this newborn child, my life's path did not change. Now I'm Lori McDaniel, but I'm also Jordan's mom and Caleb's mom and Josh's mom. And the two paths didn't separate into separate paths. The paths are still the same path. And it's just that now I'm learning to become this child of God while at the same time that I'm learning to be a mother. And so I think it... Is, would be adequate for us to look at some of the scriptures that really speak into this becoming this complete person, this whole person in Christ. We're going to look at a passage in Colossians. that, Ironically, it's a passage that, that Paul, he gives us this prescription for becoming complete in Christ. It's these these verses that he says right before he goes on and he says, Wives, you are to be this. Husbands, you are to be this. Children, children. You are to obey your parents. So we're going to look in Colossians chapter 3. we're going to fly through some things that you can write down. You can, and you can take them and you can marinate on later on also a little bit more deeper. And so let's look at Colossians chapter 3. And here's the very first thing that I want you to see is this. Is that a mother, this is what a child needs. They need a mother whose mind is steered by her faith rather than her feelings. Look at Colossians 3, verse 1 and 2. It says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. My mind, our mind, is a control center of all of our attitudes, of all of our actions, of all of our reactions. But when my mind, women, is steered by my feelings instead of my faith, I tend to fall back into my own habits, my old ways. And I don't know what your old habits and what your old nature is and what your old ways are, but confessionally, some of mine are being controlling, manipulative, overreacting. Hello? Hello? I sat with a group of, of 20-something-year-olds, and I was asking them, you know, what did you need for your mom growing up? They said, well, I need support. I need her to listen. I need to understand. I said, okay, what did you not get? Or what was it that, that really kind of just, you know, kind of rubs you wrong? And they said she just overreacted. All the time she would overreact. Without first seeking to understand, I'm sitting there thinking, mm, I would never do that. <laughs> it reminded me of this uh, gift my daughter gave me. She said she was in the third grade, and uh, she colored it. and She had wrapped it up. It was this poem. I have a feeling it had probably been hanging on the walls at the school in the hallway for everyone to see. And it was this poem that she was written. And she gave it to me for Mother's Day. And it says, Mother, you're so sweet to me when you make me kind and you make me mine. Mother, you're so sweet to me when you try to help me and yell at me. You know, and I'm reading it on Mother's Day, and I'm thanking her. Oh, this is so good, honey. You did such a great job. Your honesty is too much. (laughs) And we begin to feel guilty in those times that our feelings begin to control, and our mind is set more in our old habits, and they begin to dominate us. Every one of us in here, I would take a very... Official scientific guess that 99.9% of the mothers in here have overreacted at some time and probably including the fathers too Can I get an amen in that just so I don't feel alone? Okay, the thing is, is even when we overreact there are things actually that our kids learn when we overreact they they learn They learn religion whenever we overreact and we say you better pray that comes out of the carpet <laughs> We when we overreact we, we teach our kids logic because I said so, that's why Right? We teach our, con- our kids when we overact The concept of space travel If you do that one more time I'm going to knock you into tomorrow <laughs> So it's not completely at a loss Alright, but, here, but here's what I want you to do When these moments of over-acting come, we, we usually fall into three categories This is what we usually do One, we either justify it And we say, well if they hadn't a Blah, 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 blah Then I wouldn't have da, 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 da. Okay? Or we completely heap on this guilt. I'm such a terrible mom, I can't and I just overreacted. I've so damaged my kid for life. You know, put it on their counseling list of what they're going to need later. Or three, you could do this. You could look at it as an opportunity. When your car is overheating, you don't just keep ignoring it. You don't keep driving it till it does it again, and then it does it again. What do you do? You pop the hood, you take it to the mechanic, and you say, okay, why is this continuing to overheat here? What is really the problem? So ask your question, why am I overreacting? Is it because I have a need to control? Is it because that my authority is in question and so now I'm really just feeling insecure? Is it because I've got too many things that I've put on my list that I think I should accomplish and I'm completely exhausted? Is it because my kids embarrass me and now I'm afraid of what the neighbors are going to think of me trying to get their approval? Why is the question that we should ask when we overreact? Say it with me. While I'm raising children, God is raising me. Look at this list in Colossians that Paul puts up, he, he lists these things in verse 5 and in verse 8. He says this. Yeah, he said there are sexual sins, doing evil, these are the things that we're to put away. Letting evil thoughts control you, wanting things that are evil, greed, serving false gods, anger, bad temper, doing or saying things that hurt, using evil words, lying to each other. Do you see yourself in any of that? Now let me ask you this question. Do you see your children in any of those? The second thing that a mother, this is what a kid needs from a mother, is a mother who has messed up rather than making believe that she hasn't. Colossians 3, 7 through 8 says this, In these these things that we just looked at, you too once walked and you were living in them, but now, now you must put them aside. I love what Gary Thomas says in his book, Secret Parenting. If you didn't pick pick it up, I highly recommend it. But he said this I either allow my sin to tear apart my family, or I allow God to use my family to tear apart my sin. We are human, we make mistakes. We're tempted to fall back into our old ways. And as we parent, we can see how God is working in our kids because we too have walked in this way. So let's not pretend that we don't mess up. We do. Our kids are like thermometers. They can read this. There there was a time my kids, we were politically correct, and our kids were at public school, homeschooled, and private school. And they had all come home, they were all in the same room at one time, and I was working on this project that I was probably being highly too perfectionist about, putting too much time in, and I was frustrated. I was angry at the computer, I was getting frustrated with myself, and my kids came in, and they're trying to talk with me. And Jordan finally said, Mom, are you in a good mood? And I said, Yes, Jordan, I'm in a good mood. And then so they would go on and have this conversation, and Caleb's bounced off the walls, and finally he said, Mom, are you in a good mood? I said, yes, Caleb. Did you not hear what I told Jordan? Yes, I'm in a good mood. <laughs> Can you hear it? Yeah. And so then Josh, who's like five years old, he kind of spins my chair around, crawls up into my lap, he puts his hands on, his, on, my, on my face like this, and he says, let me see your face. <laughs> he knew, you can't pretend with me. Women, there are times that we are going to mess it up. But let's not pretend that we don't and stuff it and push it aside, but get real with each other and get real with God. The third thing that a kid needs from his mother is a mother who receives grace rather than ignores her need for it. It's going to go right into the next one that says the kids need a mother who forgives because she's been forgiven. I've heard it said this way, that dads exemplify who God is as a father. But a mother exemplifies God's grace. You see, there are times I think, oh, no, I can can do this on my own. I can handle it. I so, you know, almost like I play God in my life, almost as if I reject his grace coming into my life. But instead, if I receive his grace, then I can give his grace. But the opposite is also true. If I am not willing to receive God's grace and receive his forgiveness in those areas of my life that I totally messed it up then then how can I transfer? How can I give forgiveness and grace to my kids? All of these first four things that we've mentioned here lead you to be this kind of mother. It leads you to be a God-centered mom. That is defined by your relationship with Christ. Not a child-centered mom. Defined by how your children behave. It leads you to be a growing mom. Not an I can't measure up to that mom. God becomes our standard. Setting our mind on things above. You become a mom who is not emotionally charged but being changed. A mom who's not self-condemning because of her mistakes, but self-aware and learning grace and forgiveness and creating a place in your home because you do this. As Caleb said this, he said, Mom, this is what kids need. They need a place that it's okay not to be okay. So, Mom, are you okay if you're not okay? Are you okay if you're not measuring up to what you think a mom should be? Are you allowing God To speak in and define who you are and realize this, that I'm accepted by God. I'm being transformed, even in the middle of motherhood, by God. And therefore, I create a voice and a space that my kids are accepted by their mom. Here's the fifth thing that kids need. They need a mother centered on growing up as a process rather than a performance. Performance is this act that we do in front of a certain audience to get a certain approval or attention. It's all for show, and it's fake growth. But a process is an organic growth. Look in verse 10, chapter 3. You have begun to live the new life in which you are being made new and are becoming like the one who made you. This new life brings you the true knowledge of God. You see those words there? You've begun You've started a process. You are being made new. You are becoming. Motherhood is a process. Your journey in Christ and growing is a process. Your children growing is a process. We, uh, we call it in our, in our house, there, there's a time and period in our life that, um, that, that we call the stupid years. And we realize that, you know, we're, we're growing our kids so that we can launch them, right? I mean, you ever seen a space shuttle launch? It's the most magnificent thing. And yet, once it launches, it only takes eight minutes for it to reach outer space. Not very long. Compared to all the pre-mission preparation and planning that had to take place before. You see, in, in our motherhood, sometimes in our parenting, we think that we're, if we could just survive we could just survive the terrible twos, if we could just survive the teen years, instead of thinking of them as launching years. And so we need to begin almost like to operate like a flight attendant, okay? When they're younger, we're kind of like, you know, keep your arms inside the vehicle at all times, right? But then as they get older, that, that gap, the, the door and the gateways begin to broaden as we watch them kind of walk away and we give them the freedom to do that. And we speak into their life. Well, when our kids enter what we call the stupid years which is about 12 to 15, we just straight up tell them what's about to happen, kind of like the flight attendant, right? She stands up with the seatbelt. Here's how you put the seatbelt on. Look for the exit doors in case of emergency. And that's what we do with our kids then, in this period of time. We say, look, you're in the stupid years. You're going to say stupid things. You're going to think stupid things. You're going to do stupid things. You're going to reason stupid things. You're going to make stupid friends. Not at Grace Point, of course, but... And then you know what's going to happen when you hit it about 16, 17, or 18, and you think that your parents have been stupid along? You're going to be talking about something, and this has actually happened when they're older too. They'll say this. They'll say, oh, that so took place in the stupid years. That was so stupid. And so we begin in this launching period to help them understand that, look, what you're going through right now, it's a process. We want to help you in this process. Moms. You are raising kids in a process. And in scripture, God has given us tools, his words, guidelines, kind of like a flight attendant, right? Hey, when you hit that emergency, here's where I am. Hey, when you need all this information, here's where it is. Here's your your plan. Here's that packet that's in the back seat of uh, of the seat. Give you all the information that you really need to know in this process. In this process, this is where you begin to learn this. You begin to hear past your child's words and you begin to hear their heart. Just like in the process of growing up in Christ, there are so many times I come before God and I'm crying out in words. Or sometimes I'm just crying in words I can't even utter. And yet I know that God hears past my words and hears straight to my heart. Here's the sixth thing that a child needs from their mother they need a mother centered on building character rather than making comparisons now the thing is here is is we we dangerously make comparisons we compare ourselves or we compare excuse me we compare our kids with their siblings we can our kids if, if you're a blended family with the the step kids we can compare our kids with the other kids down the road And dangerously, we can compare ourselves with other moms. But look at the character that we are to be building in them in verse 12 and in verse 13. This is the character that we are to put on. This is the character that we want them to put on. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, Patience, Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. You see, God looked down to the Israelites and he said, Look, I didn't choose you because you were the greatest and the biggest and the largest of all the people. Matter of fact, you are the smallest all of all the people. I chose you because I love you. I love you. And we need to be able to communicate that our kids, and we need to be able to receive that from God instead of looking at our measurement across the board. Yeah, Pinterest, how many of you guys are on Pinterest? Pinterest is a love-hate thing that I, is there. I pin stuff and I can't figure out why nobody repins my things. And I'll show you some pictures and maybe you'll understand why. We, if you get on Pinterest, this is how you make a grilled cheese. You make it look like the shape of an ice cream cone. I mean, this is, this is how we compare our mothering skills right here, whether or not our grilled cheese, look, this is what my grilled cheese looks like. Not this one, that one. And the thing is, the truth of the matter is, is if you flip it over, that side's completely burnt because I left it on too long, but I didn't want the kids to see it and turn their nose up on it, so I flipped it right side up on the plate. Now, why does nobody repin that? Or, or this next one. I mean, look at this little organized sock I mean, how cute is that? I mean, I don't have that in my house, but every other mom seems to have it because they have it on their Pinterest board. And so I feel like a failure as a mom because I don't have this cute little sock matching thing hanging up in my laundry room. Actually, we have a drawer. That's, that's real time. That was yesterday. Okay? And I can't figure out why does somebody repent? I'm going to create a Pinterest board that this is reality board, people. And see who repents it. But we look at all these things. And we go, oh, I'm just not going to do this. I'm not measuring them. And we start comparing ourselves with things that we ought to be doing instead of putting on the character that we ought to be living. The seventh thing that your kid needs. From a mom is they need a mother who has courageous love rather than cautious love You see all these things that we just read About the character that we are supposed to have about learning to bear with one another forgive one another putting on humility How can we as a mom teach our kids that and allow our kids to learn that if we're constantly Removing them from situations that would create that in their life They don't like the teacher, we run to the principal and we try to get them taken out of the class, right? And so we we continually try to rescue them from the pain and I understand why. But Colossians, after the whole thing, in verse 14 it says this, it says, Above all these things put on love, which binds all of these things together in perfect harmony. Listen, mom, you've got to have a courageous love, not a cautious love. Yeah, I know when your daughter comes home from that party and she's hurting because she, or excuse me, she she didn't get invited from that party and she comes home and she's crying and you're hurting. When your son gets rejected at school and his soul is bleeding, you're wounded too. And we want to rescue them from pain. And we want to rescue them from this turmoil and we don't want them to hurt. But let me be very honest with you. Was God not create courageous love when he put it in the garden? He gave us a choice of the fruit. We could eat it or not. And he said, but if you do, here's the consequences. And when we sin, he didn't have cautious love and pull us away from the pain. He had courageous love and he allowed it to go through with the pain and the death and the labor and the suffering. Why? Because he has courageous love for us. A child needs you to have courageous love for them. There was a time when we had just moved to Africa and Caleb had taken this Tyrannosaurus Rex. He was three years old. It was his favorite toy. He slept with it, carried it everywhere that he went. And it was hard when we moved. Our kids missed their home. They missed their pepperoni pizza they missed the drive throughs they missed their friends and, and we felt we felt turmoil as parents what have we done to our kids we picked them up relocated them in the middle of nowhere but well, we had gone out to this village one day and and we're playing and our kids can't speak the language of the other kids and so they're just kind of playing beside each other all right and this one kid he leaves and he comes back and when he came back he had taken our trash This box that was left over there Some bottle caps and twigs And had made this car And he was pulling it And he came over And he gave this trash made car To my son And I said, Caleb, you know what? You ought to give him a gift Caleb had taken this little backpack And some little, you know, Hot Wheel cars And some little plastic men That had their arms torn off and, And Tyrannosaurus Rex And Caleb goes in to get Tyrannosaurus Rex to give to this kid, and immediately with inside of me, I wanted to go, whoa, no, stop. Go get the broken X-Man guy, right? Or the Transformer dude. Go go get the one, the car that has the wheel falling off. Don't give your best. Because I was afraid that later on tears were going to flow. Regret was going to happen. I wanted to rescue him from something that might happen later. We have to allow our children to go through moments of courageous love. Courageous love is faith-based. Cautious love is fear-based. Kids need this. A mother who will listen to truth rather than lies. In verse 15 it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Now moms, there are moments peace is absent. There are moments Being a mom is not fun. There are moments I go through routine and joy has dissolved. And yet this verse says, let the peace of Christ, let it it be the umpire in your soul. Let Let it divide for you the right and the wrong. And begin to hear the voices in your mind, moms, that are not truth but lies. Some of them, uh, to be honest with you, here's two that I battle. One is that I'm a failure or two is that I can't do anything right. Now you play that out into mothering scenarios when the pressure is on, when the kids aren't behaving according to what I'm told. And you know what rises up? I'm a failure. I can't do anything right. Is that truth? It's a lie. But when we allow the peace of Christ to rule in our hearts, then we start listening to the truth. The last thing is this, a child needs this, is a mother who is about his significance rather than her own. Verse 16 and 17, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father. Well, everything you do, do in the name of the Lord Jesus. We pick up on that part that says teach and admonish one another. But if you look at the, right before that, what does it say? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teaching and admonishing one another. Mom's going to be very honest with you. I know the exhaustion that you feel, I know the demands that are on you, but I tell you plain up and straight you will not teach and admonish your child in a Christ like way if the words of Christ are not dwelling in you richly. Angela Thomas has a book called. 52 things kids need for moms. See, I only gave you nine. There's one in there I love. She says this. She says, pray in secret with the door open. You see, young moms, maybe you take time to get in prayer, but you're interrupted. So what? Maybe you've got your Bible out, but your kid is coloring in it. Give them a highlighter. Their words will show through. Maybe your prayer time consists of the Jesus calling out right before you go to bed. Maybe it's a verse that you listen to. Maybe it's kids' songs as you're sitting in the drive through pickup line waiting for the older kids. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You see, the only person in my life that I pour into from the very beginning until the day I die... Is my child, not my husband, but my kid? And we go through these emotions of measuring ourselves, or feeling exhausted, and sometimes we even feel like maybe God's just forgotten us here. Our marriage is struggling, finances are hard, and yet I'm supposed to measure it to be this small. There, there was a time that I had gone to Walmart, and I was working on these photos. And um working really diligently and real hard for for someone else. And Mike came in and he came in with Josh and he did a few things and he said, Hey, can I leave Josh with you? I need to go off and do something. Sure, that's no problem. So I'm continuing working the photos. Josh is about 10 years old and he says, Hey, can I go over and play the PlayStation games that are right next to the photo booth? And I said, Sure. So Again, I'm working on these photos, waiting for them to be printed. They're not done. So I go to the food aisle, pick up some things, come back. They're still not done. Go to the office supply aisle, pick up some things, come back. They're done. I get my photos. I check out. I get in my car and I'm driving home. And the phone rings. And I almost didn't answer it because I didn't recognize the number. I'm kind of like looking at it going, who is that? And I thought, "Uh, you know, I was in a good mood that day, I guess. So I answered it. I said, hello? And this kid on the other line goes, mom. And I'm still clueless because I'm thinking some kid's got the wrong phone number. And then he says, mom, you left me at Walmart. And panic. I'm like, where are you? Don't move. Stay right where you're at. I'll be there in just a second. And so I drive up. Perfectly thinking, I, you know, I'm going to have to go inside and rescue my kid. Instead, when I drive up, he's standing right at the front door going, <laughs> <laughs> Moms, God has not forgotten where you are or what stage in the process of growth as a believer that you are. He has not forgotten where you're struggling. And He's not, when you're praying, He's not going, Who is this? And he's not panicked. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly what your kids need. And he knows this. He even knows when you mess up, he knows exactly how he's going to redeem that in your child. And allow them to find healing and hope and a God who loves them and saves them. God... We are quite certain that we don't have this parenting thing, mothering thing figured out. And yet, God, I can look back at times that I've messed up and I can already see how you are restoring my kids, how you are using those places in their life to speak to them. And God, I can see places in their life that I've prayed for and I wondered how you would work and because God I see your hand and I get to worship you because of what you're doing in them through me and God all across this room I know that there are people who are questioning wondering doubting hurting trying striving God, I pray just for a moment that we would cease striving and know that you are Lord. God, we thank you that you have trusted us with these little children. That God, you're not unaware and you've got them and us in your control. In Jesus' name.